0: previously on the Reroll podcast. The party splits up to help around the temple as Kiaran's ritual is prepared. With Flint on corpse disposal, Well, don't worry there, Vessar, and we'll, we'll try to make a short work of these bodies. He finds a disturbing addition to Frost Knuckles' brand. What in the bloody hell? Kiaran, taking in the gardens, is bewildered by the magnificent sight
1: You seem to have quite the gardening skills here.
0: She quickly proves to be a valuable asset.
1: Well, it appears we are in need of some river
2: lily.
0: Starlet presses a scout for more information.
2: Why do you watch those lovely people in the temple over there?
0: And discovers they're being watched. We're supposed to be on the lookout.
2: For what exactly?
0: The giant, the dwarf, and their friends. As Bo assists with the ritual, he catches up with an old friend.
3: It seems you've lost your sight. I apologize for, I'm assuming that it, that happened during the change.
0: And looks for some guidance.
3: Well, I climbed a great staircase and at the top I saw Cosmios' scale.
0: Is Bo truly the chosen one? What does Knuckle want with the party? And why are his brands being adjusted? All in good time. For now, the ritual is ready. Welcome back to the Reroll Podcast. Do you guys consider yourselves to be lucky? <laughs>
3: hmm. No.
4: When I was like in my early 20s, I kind of had this thing where it's like, if I just invite luck and like positively like just kind of keep encouraging myself and pretending that I am lucky, like things would just kind of keep working out and I could like manifest it. And I think it kind of worked to a certain extent, but I'm finding as I get older, I definitely just can't rely on that anymore.
0: I was going to say that sounds faintly like a pyramid scheme.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I manifest money and steal from someone, then it's, it's kind of like it happened and it just came <laughs> sure. to me.
5: I don't personally believe in luck I don't I think that luck is an attribute that we just we, we ascribe to events that are completely random and when we look back at them you know in time we say oh yeah I like I have such bad luck because all of these things happen or I have such good luck because all these things happen well if you look at the whole picture it's generally it's going to actually be a pretty even mix of things even if they're things that you've missed Stuff like that. I don't know. It's just a perspective thing. I think that helps us make sense of the fact that we have no fucking clue what's going to happen next.
4: Well, and- also, when you're in a shitty situation, bad things like maybe <laughs> happening more often than not until you like kind of change your situation. somehow. Oh, yeah. And like not saying that that's like anybody's fault for being in that situation or not or being where you are. But like, I think it's a really easy sort of like way to rationalize all the bad shit that's happening. To me. It's like, oh, I just have bad luck yeah yeah exactly it it gives it agency it's
5: like somebody's doing this to me
3: yeah Mm -hmm. it's like
5: yeah that's actually an interesting way to look at it
3: yeah i I agree it's like something that gives us like context and meaning into our lives to make us feel like there's a reason we're here but that being said i feel extremely unlucky (laughs) i
1: uh i would have to agree with ayla uh i think that sometimes i'm very lucky you know getting tickets things like that that are hard to get and then there's other times where you roll shit all night so, overall, it's about 51% lucky, 50, 49% <laughs> unlucky. Uh,
4: that kind of reminds me of something like in one of our previous campaigns, there was a, a player who just kept rolling just absolute dog shit rolls like 80% of the time. And Tanner, you kept being like, you should try different dice. That die might have been like cast weird and is weighted like in a way that's fucking up like everything that you do. And he was so stubborn that he wouldn't do it, he wouldn't like change his dice.
0: I'm unlucky, so fuck you, Brendan. Are you change
4: change your situation, bro? It's just a frame of mind. Respond (laughs) to my fucking emails. I'll tell you. I'll show you the five point plan. Grindset mindset, baby. (laughs) Yeah, be financially independent. Get all the women. Sorry, (laughs) Ayla. (laughs) No, I thought
3: we we figured out that I'm not a woman.
4: Uh, What? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
3: <laughs> He's
2: like, "Wait, when were you going to
3: tell me
0: this?" <laughs> Is that a problem, Tanner? Um, yeah, I went to so I went to Vegas over this last weekend and uh I've never won anything in Vegas. I've been several times, but I tried my hand at sports betting for the first time with my buddy and he was like, "Oh, let's bet on a basketball playoff game." And I was like, "Okay, you know, I don't really follow basketball, but I like it enough." I, so the spread was like 3 points. So as long as my team didn't lose by more than three points I would win you know 40 bucks or whatever they lost it's a playoff game so these are like some of the best teams they lost by over 30 points (laughs) they pulled their starters both teams and put in their backups in a playoff game and I just like not only was I upset everybody who also bet around me was upset I was just like I don't think I should do this anymore
4: at that point are the odds so fucked they're like sorry Tanner you actually have to give us more money
0: yeah Yeah, it's like (laughs) there's a weird clause like if they lose by 30 or more points you owe us (laughs) $10,000
4: sports betting I mean like gambling in general is just funny because it's technically like illegal federally still and like sports betting especially is super weird to me Um, but without getting that into that too much what really cracks me up is like when you're listening to a podcast and there's like an ad break and they play like a better help uh, segment about like you know getting like Getting help for, like, or just, like, therapy and stuff and, like, you know, trying to make yourself, like, into a more healthy person immediately followed by, like, a DraftKings ad. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. So I
0: think I think online sports betting is illegal in this state. Yeah, there's a lot of things in Nevada was like, you know what? Let's be cool about this.
3: Everybody be cool. Be I don't
4: think chill. it's
5: being cool. Let's let people um, break their lives
4: here.
1: Yeah, let's prey on people to get richer. <laughs>
4: Well, and it just, like, it obviously just goes on that, like, loot box kind of, like, loophole, too, where it's, like, you're not spending real money. You're, like, buying, like, virtual currency, right? Isn't that kind of how that works? I don't know. Uh, so you're not actually gambling because you're not using real money. Here's you, know, you the spend real money.
0: Here's um. the trick is you drop $40 on a sports team and sit there for three hours and get fed free <laughs> drinks because you're technically gambling. Uh oh, okay. And then you black out and...
4: Oh, wake up and you're like where'd all this money come jail. from
3: <laughs>
2: hell <laughs> so, yeah so okay where'd my 40 dollars go <laughs>
5: <laughs> if that's luck though wasn't one team always gonna lose
0: and weren't like about half the people that betted no ended I, up being unlucky i should apologize to all of the golden state I ruined your playoff chances personally with my bad luck. <laughs> did you? <laughs> okay. I, Steph, it's like, Steph like Qu- Steph Curry, Curry, I'm sorry, I'm I did It's like to. quantum
4: physics, except like when Tanner's observing, like anything that could financially benefit him, the odds will immediately flip to like the opposite yeah. because they're being observed by Tanner. <laughs> I do
1: feel like any time I actually like sit down to watch like one of our home teams or something, like they're mid game and they're like, "Oh, it's a close game, but we're up." Oh, that's exciting! I'll sit down and watch. Oh, we just got behind by, like, 20 points. I guess I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, we're winning again now that you're gone. Oh, okay. We
4: clinched it in the last two minutes. <laughs> they scored 82 touchdowns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen um, anything so
1: just like it. I not watch sports games. They, they lose when I watch them. I don't hmm. like sports. That's Stop watching, watching like. the
2: Mariners.
0: Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> really
2: speaking uh, of sports crowd. Yeah, I would crowd. say I I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily like fully believe in like luck and all the other shit. I, I kinda yes and no. Um, I do not personally believe I am what would be considered lucky though. I think there's there's just some good shit that sometimes I stumble stumble upon, and sometimes there's some bad shit. So
4: I think and it's then, yeah. I mean, like on average, I think people tend to remember most people like tend to remember the good things versus the bad things because that's yeah. what they want to remember. So like I think that just that fact in and of itself can kind of skew your perception enough where like you could definitely like think of yourself as lucky or unlucky depending on like what kind of mood you're in
2: yeah well and I, i'm usually pretty angry so i'm not no. uh generally what? i am not in a super sunshine happy mood just because things tend to not be going great all the time and also i have to work for a living so any any That's given true. day that i'm working i'm not having a good day
4: oh yes existence under the capitalist hellscape is like just pain. agony, yeah. moment yeah. to moment. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but like I said, it just depends on how you look at it.
1: And like we're here talking about how unlucky we are, and somewhere out there, someone's listening who's in poverty, and they're like, "Fuck you." That's okay, not
4: true. We don't we don't allow poor people to listen to this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, you that's, have to I'm gonna attention. say uh, I'm in poverty.
5: So <laughs> yeah, I, I think about at least half the constituents of this podcast, the uh, the members of this podcast. I don't know. Hey, yeah, that's why you're not. Allowed you guys to listen to should
1: it. feel lucky. You have a house, a roof over your head
0: that's true it's not our roof but that's
2: true
1: yeah over the
5: roof that makes me question how long i'll
0: have that but
2: (laughs) (laughs) also our dog is having medical issues okay
0: our episodes are free so we're champion of the poor people true give us your money subscribe to our patreon (laughs) Buy poor people yeah right maybe we shouldn't (laughs) speaking of poor people let's let's head on back to our Poor players,
4: as they have we has has the Flacid Five ever spent a single fucking copper piece on anything? I forgot in this campaign. Name. They... We've done some like we've done some like ins but that's pretty much it. There's a shop. Yeah, there's here.
2: only beer there.
4: Yeah, we're gonna ignore it completely.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: just like all all the other. Is things. there
2: a Sam's though, or like a Costco? Yeah,
0: <laughs> there's. I don't really a... like
2: to support small businesses. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's funny. <laughs> last we left off I believe Bo you were headed to gather your allies for this ritual that Orkin, Oracle Olsen is preparing for Kiaren so we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and open up on Flint's Oakenfist next to Vesserin as they are staring at this pyre of bodies that has been engulfed in flame.
4: Yeah, so Flint and and just standing there after kind of a few moments of silence, um, Flint will say to Vesser, and he leans over and says, uh, you know, I did have, like, a a dream, or a vision, or whatever you want to call it, when he gestures up with this guy, when all of this happened. But, the weird thing is it didn't feel like it was, it didn't feel like it was my dream. I don't know if that makes any sense. What did it feel like? I mean, it felt like I was looking through somebody else's eyes, but feeling their their emotions and their their pain but I don't know it was like I was wearing somebody else's skin
0: that is rather peculiar
4: I mean this is all peculiar so you're not wrong there
0: that's the truth if I've ever heard it so far the visions that I have heard of have only been of things to come but if this incursion has The ability to affect or manipulate time, perhaps you saw something that had already happened.
4: Flint nods. pensively. I. It was real. It had to have been. It felt. It all felt too. visceral.
0: What happened?
4: I think that's less important. The what. More of the why. It's It's like somebody's trying to tell me something. Like they're trying to talk to me. But I guess I'm just not smart enough to work out what it is that they're trying to say. And he kind of he grips his short sword kind of tightly.
0: Perhaps you just need some assistance, Dwarf. You have strong allies, and they seem to grow even stronger. It's okay to lean on them.
4: How do you know, though? How do you... I mean, you're all fast friends here. You're all worshipping the same deities and living under the same roof, but how do you truly know you can trust somebody?
0: You don't. Let me tell you a story, dwarf. I have lived a very long time. And in my youth, I was not as disciplined as I am now. I was quite troublesome. I can... yeah. My father put a lot of pressure on me. He expected a lot from me. A cleric of soul himself. We didn't get along very well. And the last time I saw him, we fought. I called him a coward. Told him that I deserved better, my mother deserved better. All because he didn't want to go off to war. But he did. Afterwards. And the next time I saw him, I was holding his corpse. Mutilated and brutalized by something far more evil than I could comprehend at the time.
4: Flint, like, visibly flinches at this. Kind of struck a nerve a little bit.
0: The thing is, Dwarf, that was maybe the person I could trust the most And all of Rell, but I never gave him the opportunity. If you hold your heart close and you never let it breathe, how can you expect to feel love? I lost somebody,
4: too and every day I can't help but think how it might have been different if I would have just acted differently if I would have just you know if I would have just thought it through a little bit more but he pulls out his flask and uncorks it and corks it off (laughs) that was a long time ago and I did learn a lot from that I think you learn a lot more from failure than you do from success and it takes a big
0: gulp off the flask you're wiser than you lead on I think you're right and perhaps what you perceive now as failure may come one day to be a valuable asset asset Perhaps you have to fail in order to succeed sometimes.
4: Flint just quietly nods and takes another sip off the flask.
0: And Bo, you are coming outside of the gate. Just the car spirits in above you on the ramparts talking to Starlet and you see Flint and Vessarin. Right beside a burning pyre of bodies. What do you do?
3: Hmm. I guess Bo will just walk up and kind of stand alone. At along. this point,
4: at this point, Flint's trying to hand besser in the flask.
0: I think he takes it, and I think okay. he takes a sip, and maybe he notices you behind him, Bo, and it's like, oh. It's-! <laughs>
3: Bo probably pushes his arm like "get out of here," like you're good. And probably reaches reaches for it
4: too. He, he made me. It's peer pressure. <laughs> he said he would tell my mom if I didn't drink
3: it.
0: So <laughs> it'd be cool.
3: <laughs> and then Bo Bo will like stick out a hand to like see to to have him hand it to him, and be like, "Huh, this is kind of like when we met, and now you're meeting, and it's so similar."
4: and Flint passes you the flask and just says uh, don't worry the uh, drink is significantly improved since then.
3: Ah oh, thank god
0: <laughs> that's an improvement
4: <laughs> I mean have you ever had Vodsky before best <laughs> friend <laughs> I do like everybody shudders and you just at this point. Roll a will save <laughs> we, we all just start throwing <laughs> up
0: I trust you must go meet with the oracle now I can handle the rest of this, Flint.
4: Uh, Yeah, puts the flask back in his bag, turns, and just kind of like slaps him on the shoulder a little bit. And this is a thanks for the talk, Vessarin. Indeed.
0: And then we cut to Starlit Moonboat. And real quick, I just want to take a moment to kind of encapture the scene. I I think a lot of the times with roleplay and stuff, we kind of miss some of the serene beauty. It is really dark and the sky is, of course, fractured and ominous. But I was thinking about this earlier, Star, in your new form with your white fur in this beautiful place covered in snow as snow is sort of slowly falling and you have these kind of silvery, uh, green-roofed buildings as the backdrop. I think you on the ramparts with this very well-dressed, uh sort of regally-armored, tall elven woman, just... I think that's kind of a fantastical sight, especially with your white fur in the snow.
2: Mm-hmm. You yeah, after coming back and being at least a little bit still covered in blood um which like speaking of the scene would probably be very stark against the Yeah. yeah yeah I like that but um star is looking off into the distance like with just a bit of like an empty kind of look maybe feeling too and she'll say have you ever been in love
0: Well, something of the sort, I suppose. Not really.
2: Well, save yourself the trouble. It hurts. She didn't leave me, but I lost her. I'm looking for her. And it feels like part of my soul is just gone.
0: I don't know much of love. But I know the way of a warrior. If you have lost something, or something has been taken, you are strong enough to go get it. Do you know where or what happened?
2: I I have an idea of where... I don't know what happened. And believe me, I intend to find her and bring her back home. I just... (laughs) I feel like I'm losing parts of myself, even now. I... uh, God, I used to be a showboat and so arrogant and... Just everything came easily to me. And now... All I feel is rage. I I pray that I have the strength to defeat what's coming, and to save her from whatever she has fallen into, but... Uh, it's It won't be easy. I know it won't in my bones. I may not even survive it, but... All that matters is that she gets to go home.
0: In my experience, anger has always struck me as a hot iron on its own, fragile and violent, but with discipline. You could shape hot iron into a magnificent weapon. If you say you are losing parts of yourself as well as this lost lover of yours who is indeed part of yourself, well, I guess what I'm saying is if you're missing a piece of yourself but you know where to find it, go find it I know Bo I've known Bo for quite a while when he first came here he was I hope he doesn't mind me saying but destroyed hello
3: <laughs> what you guys, talking, you guys about? talking about
0: <laughs> when Bo first arrived he was broken. He had been through something unimaginable. But night after night, day after day, Bo was up with Vesserin. Bo was training. Bo was learning. And now, (laughs) now the oracle tells me Bo is the chosen one. There is nothing you can't come back from. The only way to fix how you might be feeling is to do something. I don't know much of love. But I do know, if I was missing someone so badly, all the armies in REL couldn't keep me from them.
2: Hearing this star just gives a shaky... (laughs) Oh, gods. I hate crying. But thank you. I truly appreciate the shoulder and the ear that you've lent me. All this being said, I was wondering if I might convince you into drawing up some sort of Regimen, so to speak, so I can keep myself in shape. I'm sure I'll have to work on my mind alone, but... uh, I know how to train, and I would appreciate it. You and your group here seem pretty well prepared.
0: I would be more than happy to spar with you. As far as sharpening your mind, it is a fallacy to think... You have to do that alone. Have Bo teach you how to meditate. I think I will. And at this point, Bo, I think you're walking up the steps to the rampart, and Jessica Spiritson sort of turns her head, sees you, and just kind of gives you a, a sort of thin smile.
2: I think you see Star maybe not quite facing you, but quickly wiping away tears.
3: I think that
0: when she turns Bo around. She's up, covered in blood.
3: I know exactly, <laughs> and I'm probably like see like the blood on your fur and be like, "Whoa, what did you guys get into?" <laughs> and then probably when you when you turn around and you're crying, I'm like, "Whoa, seriously though." Like,
2: <laughs> I think Star will kind of give another laugh, and she's like, <laughs> "We all have our ways of coping, Bo." And then she'll kind of give you a pat on the back and start to wander back down off the ramparts. So if you go, have anything you want to say to. Car, you can, but
0: and Flint's also there for the record, Just
4: so,
2: spits okay. on him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> He's just that's he takes that as like the normal greeting he gets from Starlight, doesn't round. even <laughs> flinch, it just hits his cheek. Yeah. He's like, Hey, Starlight,
3: so. <laughs> how are things? Well, if you just walk away, then uh, Bo probably just be like, Is everything okay?
0: It's totally fine, Bo. Best of luck. You'll need it.
3: She's
2: fucking crazy. <laughs> that bitch is insane. <laughs> Why is she a dog?
4: <laughs> I told her to go check on her scout friend and she fucking ripped him in half. She house. killed him. <laughs> she totally misinterpreted what I was asking her to do.
0: I just wanted her to scare him off.
4: <laughs> now, star. I need you to go pick up my child from daycare oh and God. bring them back.
3: You're like the Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> alive. Okay. Like the worst, most violent. Alive,
0: <laughs> alive and unharmed.
4: unharmed. But that is fine because she, she bakes everybody a cake at the end or whatever. He's yeah. like, oh, you. yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> You scamp.
1: <laughs> Callback to when I was younger there. Amelia Bedelia. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't
0: thought about that in a while. Yeah, me either. And now we cut to groth. Pooping. There's actually a bit of silence, I think. (laughs) Yeah, give us
4: those groth yells you've been practicing.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's a big
4: shit. (laughs) Like
2: An outhouse here or something? No. (laughs) no no. we have like a toilet he
4: just won't he can't fit into it he's
2: next to the wonderful tree outside I he's hope not that uh,
3: fertilizer H- I hope that hot run isn't still like on your back or baby carrier <laughs> or
0: Help, help like me! Then. please let me down can I please no, I can't, go I can't
3: breathe. He, he's already passed out from the smell
2: <laughs> the fumes uh, all right,
1: all right, he's down all right. but
4: he's still strapped into it I'll so if Grot's naked walking down the street and he shits <laughs> okay
0: So, Graf, we cut to you as you are in this forge, watching over the shoulder of old Dr. Hotren. And I think you're finding yourself quite surprised at his ability to craft things, especially in his age and his sort of less-than-mobile state. But he has all sorts of gadgets and tools that seem to come out of this magnificent cane that he is using to walk and they seem to like two sort of buzzing automatons detach out of the top and prop up this leather framework for this armor he's working on and he's sort of explaining to you how the dark iron will set or uh, the cold iron will set and he's like so you want to make sure that you really reinforce here and here. So this armor is going to protect quite a bit against demons. And they usually go to rip out vital, not so vital organs so that you suffer. So really, in the stomach, that's where you're going to want to put a lot of weight there.
5: Carl's just watching these gadgets go up and down like, whoa, whoa, what, the f-
0: what the fuck? Hey, hey, pay attention.
5: What are you?
0: I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and looking around this forge, you're you've spent you know maybe a couple of hours here after getting the cold iron and it's you you're learning a lot and looking around you see all sorts of kind of magnificent equipment. and at this point, well actually, is there anything you want to say to Dr. Hotrun? Or Mia, or are you just going to town hammering away?
5: I think mostly I'm hammering away, but you know I'm like asking questions, like like how thin can you can you uh, forge this? Can it can it make light armor or
4: only heavy? Oh! I also like to think too that like while Groth is just absolutely mesmerized by all these like intricate contraptions, Doctor Hotron's just also equally mesmerized by Groth's like raw strength and his ability to just like just pulverize metal into like submission basically yeah i it think so him, and like, I think
5: 30 hits it takes me two <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: right
0: <laughs> and i think at any point where he actually needs something worked he's just like watching as groth is like wham just like swinging a hammer on this sort of melted <laughs> uh plate of cold iron and he so like, like kind. Of... i
1: was just gonna say so it's kind of like a back and forth where it's like Groth excitedly asking questions and him answering, but he's also, like, in between me, like, here, do this one next! <laughs> <And> yeah, like... <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: he's also, like, the size of your bicep. So, like... Mm. It's probably like, well, I might as well get some work out of this guy. He threw 15
5: of my fucking hammers in the forge to make his one hammer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: Um, I also would just like to point out, too, it's probably not just, like, the raw strength, but also, like, his finesse, I would assume, because Groth's been doing this a long time. Oh, like, yeah. He's, uh... Like, just for our listeners, you might already be thinking this, but, like, Groth is very much a good blacksmith. Like, great blacksmith.
4: Are you familiar with the term cum (laughs) gutters?
0: Shut up. Somebody, I make it for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think the kind of fascinating thing, too, here is you have somebody, Dr. Hotren, who's obviously been so formally educated in this matter. But then you have somebody like Groth, who has been isolated in a very... not very small community but very sort of standalone community and has probably learned and developed tricks that have either been passed down through you know word of mouth or writing from goliath culture or even just were so unique to the Kravnox in that style of forge that and and i think it's rare that dr Hotren can look at somebody working in a forge and pick something up that he didn't already know
5: Oh yeah, Groth's uh, Groth's nib game is on point. It's, yeah, but uh, the nib for—I do like a good nib. Yeah, I'm not gonna uh, lie. Yeah. To yeah,
0: yeah, I you know, know what, what that means for sure.
5: I, <laughs> I
2: know, I know what those are. They use them in baking.
3: Cacao
5: it's a little int- <laughs> uh, intricate shape that, like, hand tool makers and things will put on their tools to basically just display. Like, if you can make this thing, which is more intricate than any like tooth on the saw, for example. Uh, it's mostly a saw tradition, but like it, you, you find it on other things. Love those. But movies. yeah, if you can make this like intricate little thing, <laughs> then you can definitely make a good saw blade tooth and do it 50 times. So yeah, Groth is showing him like traditional Goliath nibs that you
0: would put on different kinds of things, like swords and stuff. Groth's hot nibs. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And I think at this point in the heat of all this work, both They start you... making out because it was the heat of the moment
2: (laughs) I want to dance with somebody
0: (laughs) I want to feel the heat with somebody (laughs) anyway uh, at this point Bo you enter into the arm of Emin in tow with you Flint and Star and you see of course Groth just covered in soot hard at work Hot and sweaty.
5: Farts into the forge. It glows super bright for a second. Blows with a
0: really <laughs> with a really old gnome staring at him.
5: I'm going to say Lovingly. Flint's in,
4: be- in between Groth and Star. He looks at Groth and then back at Star and just like, well, I didn't I didn't get to get covered in anything. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little sad.
2: Star's so like, there's still time. Come on over, <laughs> big
4: man. Let's play a soot. <laughs> Yeah, fancy a, a roll in this. Yeah, stage. what are we doing? Ripping Kiara and out or something? Let's get the show on the road.
0: <laughs> I didn't get covered in anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny.
2: <laughs> uh, just real quick, we are going to be able to come back into these places. Like, we're not doing this and then getting the fuck out of here.
0: Unless you die.
2: Well, great. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. Speaking of... <laughs> cutting to our last player Kiaren I think you are kind of walking back from this sort of overgrown area that was revealed to you to be Bo's Garden and you're walking behind Zara
2: I
1: actually pictured something else if you don't mind
0: yeah I don't because I don't know where I'm going with this
1: I think that uh, after helping that infestation um move away. Uh, She kind of turned to Zara and was like, since since Bo might uh, be a bit, I think I'll just uh, get a little dirty. And she kind of strips out of her armor and starts just doing some gardening and like is just cleaning up kind of after what's been going on in here and all this stuff being overgrown.
0: And I think I think this goes on for a little while, and I think pretty quickly, maybe out of the corner of your eye, you notice that Zara is, well, not vocal about it, happy. She's she's actually very sort of excited and enthusiastically. She drops to her knees and begins sort of assisting you. And I think both of you working in tandem, you kind of get into a rhythm and of, you know, doing some gardening, pulling some weeds. Um, She'll hand you a handful of seeds and just kind of dictate where to place them. Uh, You find Pew, 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 Pew Pew, the turnip leshy, to be a little more annoying than helpful, but adorable nonetheless. And as Zara is combing her fingers through this very soft soil, she says, Just so you know, I don't hate you or your kind.
1: Uh, what is Zara? Is an elf, right?
0: Yeah, she is a moon elf, a loon elf.
1: That is uh, kind of you to say, though I do know my kind has definitely done enough to deserve your hate.
0: That's just the way life is. Things live, things die. There's sunlight and darkness. One wouldn't exist without another.
1: While this is true, I do think that uh, it is always worth fighting for the light.
0: She shrugs, and she kind of scoops out a bit with her hands, makes a little divot. Puts a seed in there, and then Pew Pew comes by and kind of like pushes maybe six inches of dirt really hard. She says, Here, this place is life. And I didn't have to fight.
1: Yes. It is beautiful. and I just kind of look around and take it in.
0: And you enjoy this moment of silence, and I think here you kind of can really appreciate a moment of silence more than you have been able to, especially in the past week or so. There's just been so much going on, so much hectic, so much to do, you haven't been feeling great, but here in this moment, it's beautiful. And even in this sort of biodome, there's birds and bugs you can hear, and spanning of colors and you look back around at zara and she has this kind of pink petaled almost tulip-like flower in her hand and she offers it to you and you can see behind her in the distance bow and groth and flint and star approaching and she says to be good all you have to do is try
4: Some good uh good symmetry with um who is the, the half orc goddess, the redeemer. Emon. Yeah. Some good shit.
1: I think uh Kiaren will kinda take the flower and then look past Zara's shoulder at Bo and just lets out like a big smile, um, seeing Bo coming. And I think Bo as you're looking down you see um Kiarin's out of her armor. Kind of, um, maybe the first time you've kind of seen almost a bigger extent of her scarred runes across her skin. Um, and as you come closer, uh, Kiaran will say to you, You know, that vision I had, I was in the maiden's clutches and part of me believes I belong there. But being here, and she kind of looks around at the plants, and is like, tending these plants brings back some of my innocence.
3: My hope. We're going to help you on your path, and I think that you're on a good one. We should get going. Karen will gather up her
1: armor and follow you.
0: And the five of you. Some call the flaccid five. Some might call us that, yes. Others hopefully call you by a better name. Like the sluts.
2: The rock hard five.
0: That's not bad. <laughs> Let's workshop that a little bit. <laughs> but the five of you leave this biodome, this... um the botanical gardens and head back to the chapel and despite it being hard to tell with everything that's going on it is creeping into the evening and you walk up these stairs and enter this room again and you see that all the pews have been moved you see this massive chalk's outlined circle of the symbol of Cosmios that Bo, you hoped, set up. And you see Oracle Olsen with a dusty old tome open in front of him and his young acolyte skimming the words. And he says, I can only assume, Bo, that is you.
3: Yeah, it's all of us.
0: Excellent. Are you prepared?
3: I think and he'll, like, look around at everybody and kind of look for any indication that they're ready to and I think we'll be as ready as we can be unless you can think of anything else. Karen will speak up and say "Uh, that is assuming no one
1: needs to die in this ritual. Kind of lets out a nervous
3: laugh.
4: Flint is sitting in one of the pews in the back, like eating a piece of beef jerky. He's like, "Ha ha, good one."
3: <laughs> but <it> was like, <laughs> visibly sweating.
4: <laughs> can can I sit here or like is anywhere fine?
0: I would recommend you get close to the symbol as possible. Kiaran, Nimone. You must remain in this sigil. Do not leave it, for your soul, or at least part of it, is untethered. I have not performed this ritual in quite a while. In fact, I have not performed it or any ritual since this incursion. There is no telling the places this may take us, the things we may face. Death is certainly on the line. I hope you are prepared.
5: Uh,
1: I'll look towards Bow and be like, I can't, I can't ask you guys to risk yourselves for me.
0: Then don't. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> don't sit down. Stand up. <laughs> stand the fuck up.
2: <laughs> I think Star kind of shakes this distant look that she's had off in her eyes and she puts a hand on Karen's shoulder and she's like this isn't entirely about you I need things to hurt right now let us help you
4: and Flint yeah, walks up and nods through a mouthful of beef jerky and says ah, I kind of just want to see where this goes at this point
3: Beau <laughs> will um Bo will like rub his neck and look sideways at the Oracle and say you're telling me you haven't done this before Oracle Austin
0: no I have done this but not quite in these circumstances and not since the shattering
3: well then I guess it's a good as good time as any Right? And claps his hands together and looks at you all.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we'll just wing it. It'll be fine.
1: Well,
3: I guess we can count your debt paid
1: in full to me and if this succeeds, I will owe you. And I'll move into the center and take like a stance like I'm ready to, like I'm on my toes.
0: Good. This is the beginning of a long journey for each of you, a journey of triumph, a journey of pain, a journey of love and hate, and a journey of redemption, and her eyes glance to you, Kiaran. Things are set in motion, fates are sealed, and once we begin here, there is no stopping what is to come, do you all understand me?
2: Yes. Star gives a nod, and I think she, if she's allowed to, wants to just stand a little bit closer to Bo. Yeah. Okay.
0: And you guys can place yourselves on this map. Uh by oh. the way. Very excited for these maps that are coming up.
1: I forgot oh, to open God. roll
0: twenty. Hell yeah. Okay. Yes, definitely open roll twenty.
3: Bo will definitely give star a nod of assurance and noticing that. She's standing closer.
4: Karen, get in the sigil.
3: I'm already there. I'm
4: ready. Get more in the middle of the sigil.
3: (laughs)
2: Just before this all goes down, just given there might be a moment of shuffling and doing things, Star actually will lean in a little bit to Bo and she'll say, I... I'm going through some things right now. And I trust you. I need you... To stop me from being cruel. If you notice it. I just... I need your help. And she'll just kind of leave it at that. And she'll give Beau's arm just like a, a squeeze.
3: I think Beau will take it the next step and just grab your hand and just say, We're in this together.
4: Well, we'll be fine. Luck has been on our side thus far, hasn't it?
3: Wait to- a. Full
0: circle. Draw it back around. <laughs> Not even God himself can. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Not even all of the many gods that exist in this dimension could stop us now. Not even one of them. <laughs> it would take
0: all of them. The Oracle speaks up again. I have seen you all struggle countless struggles. I've seen you fail so close to your final goals and I've seen you overcome impossible odds and triumph over your greatest failures. Rel has fallen into imbalance and this act is your first step in setting things right. All of you must be ready and strong. This path begins now. But it'll be treacherous and perilous. Once we call. It's not f- gonna be. Sorry. Say it.
2: There's not gonna be any pears.
0: <laughs> Only apples and oranges, the sweet so succulent like, pears. Why does
2: Groth get to stand up there with you?
0: Only pink lady apples as well. <laughs> he asked. Sorry. <laughs> she didn't what? know Groth was there. He's, <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> God, he's big.
2: <laughs> I, I wouldn't know, because I can't see, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once we call forth, Kiaran's spirits, we are inviting a host of extra planner enemies, especially when the veil is so thin. There is no telling what horrors may come. Are you ready?
5: Oh, there's already no telling what horrors may come.
0: You get back in the circle. <laughs> you, already have around. I mean, you can't what, be what back here. Okay.
4: Why does God. Flint get beef jerky and I do not? It doesn't it's not fair. Where'd you get that jerky? No eating in the chapel. Fine. <laughs> Flint Flint crams the rest of his mouth and then pulls out his cigar. Just because I'm blind doesn't mean I'm a fool. <laughs> I can smell it. Is it somebody chews chewing gum? Who's drinking milk? <laughs>
5: <laughs> my God lets me eat wherever I want.
2: <laughs> You're not my mom.
4: Yeah, flamed die. Kind of realizing, like, the potential gravity of what's going on, kind of, like, rolls his shoulders and, like, limbers up a little bit and pops the guard in his mouth.
0: Once we begin, I will no longer be able to interfere. My focus will be on the ritual and keeping my acolyte safe. It is up to you from here on out. Is that understood?
1: Uh, hearing this warning, Karen doesn't say anything, but she just draws her greatsword. Can we all draw our stuff?
5: Just yeah, so you all draw your weapons.
0: It? Get ready. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good. Hey, am I supposed to have spells? Probably. Hmm. Good. Let's begin. And he flips over, over a page in the book, and the acolyte begins to read from it and whisper into his ear, and we're going to go ahead and tackle this ritual next time on the reroll podcast.
4: I didn't realize we were tucking into a fucking encounter here. Oh, I kind of
3: thought not just I was the Yeah,
4: this, this, this looks like a whole thing.
3: I kind of thought I was the acolyte when you're talking and I was like, "Oh, oh, it's someone else."
0: No, you're uh you're <laughs> you're more advanced than an acolyte at this point. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the reroll podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we could use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zing Gehring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-Fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.